Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this is a bookend brought to you by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is Lucy Britch. Her writing has appeared in Catapult Story, Volume 1 Brooklyn, Split Lit Magazine, and North Carolina's own The Sun. Her debut novel is titled Sad Janet, and it is published by our friends at Riverhead Books. Lucy, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely, it is an honor to have you here. And Lucy, as I mentioned, I'm in North Carolina, um, and I'm calling you. You are in the UK. Can you tell me what is the environment there right now, both surrounding the coronavirus and politically? Uh, it's a total shit show here in the USA. Is it the same there? Oh yeah, com- completely. <laughs> it's a complete shit show. Um, it's probably the same as there, but on a smaller scale. But yeah, don't don't worry. Our country is just as bad a mess as yours. <laughs> Right, and what's it been like um, under the coronavirus there? Has it changed any way that you are approaching the promotion of this novel? Um, not really, because I'm not, I'm not very sociable anyway, to be honest. So mm-hmm. my day-to-day hasn't really changed, and I wasn't really planning on going out there <laughs> doing like a book tour. Mm-hmm. So nothing much has really changed, personally. I see. Well, thank you so much for joining us here. Um before we dive into the uh, the meat of your book here, I want I do want to ask you about the cover. Um, for those of you who haven't seen the cover, please look it up. It's a it's a photo of a very sad dog, and um, it is definitely what drew me to this book when it was in our new release section here at Quail Ridge Books, and um, and it also was not the book that I expected uh, when I saw the cover. So you definitely should not uh, judge a book by its cover, though. This is a very uh, intriguing cover how did you land on this photo for the cover of sad janet um well they sent me another cover originally but it didn't really feel right mm-hmm. so i told them to go away and come up with something else and when they came back with this it, it was just sort of spoke to me it was perfect it sort of felt like fate um i had rescue greyhounds a few years ago so it just sort of was perfect excellent yeah it, um I have three rescue dogs myself, and uh, my wife used to volunteer at a rescue uh, organization, and after the third dog came home, I said, maybe we should find something else to do. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I brought mine home from work, too. Right. Uh, yeah, but it's... uh when you work somewhere like that. <laughs> right, yeah, but um, well, it, what a great cover, um, and it's definitely what drew me to the book. Lucy, uh, you write via your protagonist janet that our era will be known as the greater depression what does janet mean and what do you mean um i always really i always joke that i wanted the world a bit sad for this book but maybe not this sad as it is now Mm -hmm. it just seems like we thought things couldn't get worse really and then they did didn't they so right (laughs) if you're not anxious and depressed right now you probably aren't living in the same world as me I know, right? Do you think that the current environment um, in the world will change uh, the way that your book is read? Um, I don't know. I actually feel quite hopeful at the moment, and I think my book is hopeful. Mm-hmm. I think you know there, things are going to change now, and obviously we needed that, so mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, uh, Lucy. John Waters, in the quote at the beginning of your novel, says that you should not take a pill that makes you feel good about terrible things. Uh, Can you elaborate on this thought, and is it something that you personally believe? 
Yeah, um, I really love John Waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my sister have been obsessed with him our, our whole life. I don't know if you are. <laughs> but, um, he, he said this thing in an interview a while ago about about pills, and it just really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, life is sad, so we should embrace it, really. We shouldn't really sort of block that side of it. We shouldn't really only show up for the good things. Like being being human is really messy, and, you know. Mm. Yeah, um... Yeah, I love John Waters in the American Booksellers Association's uh, Winter Institute Conference recently was in Baltimore, um, where, where he is, and, and his book yeah. was given out, and uh, it was wonderful. What's your favorite thing that John Waters has ever done? Um, I like Crybaby. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Nice. Um, I like Pecker as well. A lot of people don't know that one, but um, yeah, but it's everything. I don't think I've ever not liked something he's done. Really. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thank you so much. Um, but I love his books; are great as well. So I just love, just love him as a, everything about him. Really. Yeah, he's he's just a great personality. He's, like the, he's the king for me. He's the king of the freaks. So yeah, absolutely. Sort of yeah, the king of the freaks, John Waters. I like it. Um, thank you so much. So, much of this novel, said Janet, is concerned with Christmas. Uh, Janet becomes concerned in the first chapter when a man on television informs her that it is only 181 days until Christmas, and this revelation sets off all sort of small panics. Uh, Do you, Lucy, feel that Christmas has become a year-round concern? Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, it gets worse every year, don't you think? It gets earlier and bigger. There's so much fuss about it. I think it's the pressure that comes with it. Yeah. It's always lurking in the back of my mind that it won't be long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why do you think... Th- the, the, the feeling that we have to do it a certain way and have to feel a certain uh, way, I think it's just a lot of pressure. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, I used to complain that um, we needed to have thanksgiving before we had christmas and now i feel like i'm complaining that we need to have halloween before christmas and um yeah, yeah it just yeah. keeps getting but earlier it starts over, i don't know if, what it's like over there but over here in august you start seeing little things around and mm-hmm. i just think no that's so too soon i need, need it to be at least like end of november december <laughs> at least please yeah for sure and working in a retail bookstore i always sort of dread the moment when christmas music starts playing um yeah. over the speaker yeah i tried to delay i wouldn't it. mind if it was if it was just a week it's fine but it's just it seems like longer and longer like months are taking up with it now yeah i totally agree um i can't believe spirits. anyone really likes it for that long surely you, you get sick of it i don't know you would think so but i don't know it's you know it's it's a weird world out there lucy um people really love people really love christmas they just go mad for it for some reason it's just yeah i know and why is janet specifically so concerned with christmas i think it's because it's always been a big part of her life her mom made a big deal out of it and she felt this pressure Mm. so she sort of rejects it Mm. She, doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be told when what to celebrate or when to celebrate. She wants things to be more organic. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if it was just a day or a week, she might be all right with it. But if it was like it's hijacked like months of the year and there's like no escape. Right. It's, right. A, sort of, it's a sort of forced happiness. It's sort of fake. It's not, it's not natural. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. And listeners, we are going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor. And then I will be right back with Lucy Bridge. 
The Book and Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of Bookin' can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin', B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Lucy Bridge, author of Sad Janet, published by our friends at Riverhead Books. Uh, Lucy, in this novel, Sad Janet, Janet's family stages an intervention for her uh, and for her depression. They think she won't mind because she likes intervention shows on television. Janet's response to this is that she is just happy that her family knows something about her. I have a two-part question about this. First, what does this tell us about Janet's family dynamics? And secondly, can you talk a little bit about the nature of intervention reality television shows as a part of present-day pop culture? Um, yeah, they know she likes TV, which for me is like saying they know she likes sandwiches. They aren't really close. I mean, mm-hmm. most people like TV. They don't really know her. Mm-hmm. They, I think they think she's wasting her life a bit on TV and dogs. They want her to sort of get with the program and join the real world as they see it. Mm-hmm. And um, what about just these intervention reality television shows? Like, um, do you have a personal opinion on those as a part of pop culture and what it kind of... Um, means for our society I think people really love authenticity so they love these reality shows where someone's a mess and you get to sort of go on a journey with them Mm -hmm. it's not really bad to say but you sort of then you realise they're being paid to be a mess for like ratings and it's exploitative Mm-hmm. But people want people want that sort of drama, don't they? They don't really want to see happy things, right? I mean, I mean, I watch I watch a lot of TV, so uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I you know I need to know these people are okay. They sort of become part of your life in a way, right? It makes us feel better about our own lives, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I um, I saw an episode of a, an intervention show once where I think the person was addicted to um keyboard cleaner like she she was sniffing. Oh, right. oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah that was such a, a weird um television series so you watch a lot of tv what's your favorite show oh i, I watch every, I, watch, I basically watch everything and anything at the minute i'm watching a lot of old shows for uh-huh. sort of comfort and nostalgia i think a lot of people are aren't they right at, at the minute I'm, watch, I'm watching community again at the minute oh nice i love i just love it it's just too brilliant and i'm watching true blood again at the minute as well uh-huh. I'm, I'm all for the nostalgia at the minute. <laughs> right right i'm i'm currently re-watching the wire and um oh right yeah i actually well, we did the wire last year again so i'll have to wait a while and see that again <laughs> yeah yeah i've only done it once i've done the sopranos three times but i um i looked oh, at community i've done, done sopranos twice i need to wait a while to do that as well <laughs> <laughs> right i looked I did, at I com- go ahead we did mad Men again recently as well that was brilliant oh yeah that still really holds up yes absolutely that's a fantastic show and i i did look at community last night because i never watched the um sixth season oh, which was filmed it's by yahoo it's, so, it's just it's so it's perfect tv for me it's just brilliant everything about it's brilliant the characters the writing everything i just i love it Excellent. You're going to encourage me to go back to it, Lucy. I'm going to look at that tonight. Um, 
Thank you. I want to continue along the lines of pop culture and its influence on this novel. Um, as we were talking about, Janet watches a lot of TV and probably considers television characters to be her best friends. Uh, she mentions commercials, infomercials like Celebrity Face Cream, infomercials. Uh, she brings up U2 in the context of pills needing to take the edge off. Where would Bono be without the edge uh, is the quote. Um can you talk a bit about the influence of pop culture in general on Sad Janet? And as an addendum, were there any fictional treatments of current pop culture that influenced your writing of this novel? Not anything, not one specific thing, really. Just pop culture. Pop culture in general, it's a big part of my life and it's a big part of her life. I think it is for most people. Mm. I always want my books to be relatable. I mean, I love it when you read a book and they're watching a show, you're watching or something. It's, you know, I, I really like that. I know some people don't like it, but I, I do. Mm. I, I don't really trust people that don't watch TV. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was... There, there, there wasn't one specific thing, really. Right, yeah, because I know, you know... Um, Stephen King, for example, is an author that uses a lot of pop culture references. And, you know, 30 years ago, the question was, is that the right thing to do? And then you have an author like David Foster Wallace, who wrote this whole 2,000-page book um, about pop culture and its influence on society. Um, So it seems to be something that book is more acceptable uh, in novels these days. I think you still get people who I think are a bit snobbish about it, but Mm -hmm. for me, personally... You know, I, I read a lot and I watch a lot of TV and watch a lot of films and things. So I think I have a good balance. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. Um, there's a quote that I want to ask you about, uh, and that quote is, being on a spectrum just means being human. Uh, can you elaborate on this thought a little bit? Is it something you believe, and if so, uh, is it something we have lost or are losing? Yeah, I, I definitely think most people are on the spectrum. They might not realise it or want to admit it or don't really see that that's what being human is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, something I always say is if you don't really feel everything in one day, are you even alive for mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. You know, being human is really hard and complicated and things change. I don't, don't really think like labels help anybody. We should just sort of feel free to feel whatever we feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are, enough, there are enough constraints on us. We shouldn't really have them on our feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you feel like, um, you know, going to the thread in your novel about pills and medications, do you feel like this is something people are suppressing uh, more than they used to and that that's harmful or no? Yeah, definitely, I think, because it's more more sort of acceptable and they're more readily available and they're more available. It's Mm -hmm. it's more sort of, it's it's quite normal to be medicated now, but I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Right. Not for for when things, not for just like a sadness, it's a normal feeling we should all feel because the world is sad. Mm. (laughs) Obviously, clinical depression is a different thing, but for just normal feelings, Mm. I don't think we should be afraid of them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, Next, I want to ask you about Janet's mother. Uh, About Janet's mother, you write, uh, when she wasn't lying down in dark rooms, she was locked in the bathroom. Um, My childhood, that's Janet's childhood, was just waiting outside closed doors for my mother, wondering what I did wrong. Uh, Can you talk about this aspect of Janet's childhood and about how the nature of this relationship with her mother um, colored her condition at the beginning of this novel? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember growing up and most of my friends' mums were depressed and it was just sort of how it was. Mm. No one really talks about it. I mean, I get it now, obviously, because being a woman is depressing. Mm. But, I mean, I always thought I'm not going to 
be like that myself when I grow up. I want to sort of break the cycle. Mm-hmm. So Jan- and Janet sort of wants to own her own sadness. She sees how her mum is dealt with it and she doesn't want that. I think that mother-daughter relationship is one of the hardest to navigate, really. I mean, her mum wants her to be happy, but I don't think she's gone around it the right way. Mm-hmm. 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 So um, was there a moment when you... Uh, when the switch kind of flipped from you thinking you were going to grow up and break the cycle to you being like, oh, being a woman is depressing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was, uh, I think it was more of a gradual thing, really. Mm-hmm. 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 Because obviously I live in a different, I live in a different times to the time my mother lived in. And so yep. I, can, I feel like maybe I'm allowed to be me more than she was. I don't yeah sure thing uh thank you so much lucy and finally i'm hoping you can talk about dogs and what they mean to janet Uh, janet works at a shelter and she quote loves the sound of dogs crying out for love i can relate uh end quote can you tell us about janet's work environment about the dogs and what these things mean to her life yeah, I mean, for Janet, the shelter is somewhere she can be herself, really. She doesn't have to pretend to be happy. The dogs accept, uh, accept her as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets to feel useful and forget about herself for a while, which is ideal. I mean, she gets what she can't from humans, from dogs. She gets this unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It's quite simple, really. <laughs> I mean, dogs are awesome. You know yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I do. And um, when I was asking you about the cover to this novel, um, you said that you had brought a dog home from work. So did you once yeah, work in a shelter? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you used to work in a shelter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. After university, I worked at a dog shelter and yes, I brought two very large rescue greyhounds <laughs> home, but I had to stop at two because they're quite big. <laughs> right. Right. And, um, what, what, what was that experience like working in a dog shelter that, obviously influenced the writing of this novel greatly yeah I mean I, did, I, I really loved it but it was mm-hmm. it, it is really hard physically mm-hmm. and emotionally I mean mm-hmm. animal, animal rescue isn't a, isn't a fun area to work in it's, people think it's just like playing with puppies all day but it's it's definitely not that ever really hardly <laughs> no yeah alright well um, thank you so much Lucy and thank you once again for writing this fantastic novel uh, Sad Janet and listeners I've been speaking with Lucy Bridge the author of Sad Janet published by our friends at Riverhead Books Lucy thank you so much for joining me Once again, I would like to thank Lucy Bridge for joining me. Copies of Sad Janet can be ordered from www.quailridgebooks.com. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Libro.fm Audiobooks. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN, that's B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space to get three audiobooks for the price of one and support your community bookstores in the process. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this has been Bookin'.